Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. podcast with me Carly. Hope you are all well witches. To kick things off today we have our book review and our book is Sleuther, A Tale of Bewitchery by Brom. I know I say it but this is one of the best witchy fiction books I have read top two, top two without a doubt. This book stands out from the rest. There is nothing I have read like it. The author is so talented, firstly for writing the book, but also for the beautiful illustrations within it. They are so dark and witchy. This book takes pride of place on my bookshelves. It is one of those books that whenever anyone has come to look at my books, they always pick it up. It's so beautiful. If you love the film The Witch, I really think this book will be your kryptonite. This is the book's blurb. Connecticut, 1666. An ancient spirit awakens in a dark wood. The wild folk call him father, slayer, protector. The colonists call him Slufer, demon, devil. To Abatha, a recently widowed outcast, alone and vulnerable in her pious village, he is the only one she can turn to for help. Together they ignite a battle between pagan and Puritan, one that threatens to destroy the entire village, leaving nothing but ashes and bloodshed in its wake. If it is a devil you seek, then it is a devil you shall have. Abatha is possibly my biggest hero out of all the witchy fiction books I've read. She is spot on. Newly widowed, she takes on the challenge of farming her and her former husband's land to prevent her swine of a brother-in-law from taking it despite his best efforts. All the while, initially she has the wild folk harassing her until eventually they help her more than any living soul in the village ever would. My favourite scene involves her and Samson, otherwise known as the devil, to the villagers. Basically, she is trying to cheer him up because he is down in the dumps and she recites to him a litany of naughty limericks that she learnt on the boat sailing over from London. I can only read you this one because the rest are far too naughty, but it had me howling. There was a Scotsman named McPhee who got stung on his nuggets by a bee. He made tons of money by producing lots of honey every time he went for a pee. The author's got a really good sense of humour. The relationship between Abatha and Samson is absolutely beautiful. Samson is also my hero as well. This book is so deeply moving and beautiful in parts. Brom managed to create scenes that were just otherworldly, relating to Samson, his former connection to the land and the people. It was like nothing on earth I've ever read. And it encapsulates how nature can feel. This book isn't for the faint-hearted though. There is a ton of blood spilled and also some very poor treatment of our Abatha. The wild folk are so different in this book. I love how they appear, how creative the author is. It just works. 
The scenes with the shaman and the ancient spirit in this book are amazing. There are so many messages intertwined throughout the pages. I truly believe this book will leave you missing the company of Abatha and Samson. Honestly, it's hard to say a lot on this book without giving too much away, but I absolutely adored it. I can't wait to read more by Brom. I really think that you might too. Join me after the break to talk all about the sacred grove. A look at the trees of the Druids. today we're going to look at two trees sacred to the druids. We've already looked at the yew tree on a previous episode so today we're going to look at the birch but to start with the oak. Once upon a time enormous forests covered much of what we today call Europe. Forests that stretched across and dominated entire European countries. Forests full of bears, wolves, wild boar, red deer, hares and the like. The king amidst all the forest's trees was and still is the oak. The oak has the Latin name Quercus albus and it has also been known as the white oak and dewar. It is linked to the element of fire and water. It has a masculine energy. It is linked to Jupiter, the sun and Mars. Zodiac signs, Cancer and Leo. Deities, Dagda, Hecate, the green man, Apollo, Zeus, Jupiter, Thor, Rhea. Magical themes, hard work, perseverance, patience, wisdom, luck, fertility, strength, healing, prosperity, protection, stability, justice, and truth. The oak's Latin name is Quercus olbus, and its folk names are white oak and dewar. Combined with the Indo-European root wid, to know, Druid may have referred to those with knowledge of the oak. The oak's Latin name is Quercus albus. As mentioned, its folk names are white oak and dewar. Combined with the Indo-European root wid, to know, druid may have referred to those with knowledge of the oak, the wise ones of the oak wood. The Sanskrit word dewar gave rise both to the word for oak and the English word door, which suggests that this tree stands as an opening into greater wisdom perhaps an entryway into the other world itself. In the Ogham alphabet, the word dua, which means door, is linked to the oak, making it a doorway to knowledge and wisdom. The oak can grow to mammoth heights. Its trunk can expand to massive widths. Its wood is harder and more compact than any other tree. The oak can easily live past 700 years old. Many have lived over a thousand years and up to 10 stories tall. They have extremely deep roots to assist the immense weight of its heavy branches. Their roots symbolize steadfastness, strength and solid foundations. Oak roots were considered to be magically potent. The oak tree is susceptible to being struck by lightning more than any other tree. When struck by lightning, it's considered to have received enlightenment and revelation from the divine. Many sacred rituals, rites, ceremonies and divinations were carried out amidst oak groves. The oak's strength and majesty is further realised in that after being struck by lightning, 
it can still continue to grow, yet now holds divine illumination. The wood of lightning struck oak trees was favoured for the making of wands and staffs. Oak wood would be burnt upon sacred and perpetual fires. It was often used to fuel the midsummer fires, therefore it's heavily associated with the summer solstice. Legend has it that the wizard Merlin used an oak tree's uppermost branches for his wand. Holy groves within oak forests were used as places of initiation and worship. The Druids would carry out sacred ceremonies and teach secret lessons under the outstretched branch canopies of ancient oak trees. Councils would be convened, treaties were signed, conflicts resolved and marriage ceremonies performed all under the ancient oak trees which blessed and protected each of these rituals with strength, longevity and durability. It was a central stabilising location of rule and order. The word druid has many meanings as we have seen but one meaning is said to be men of high knowledge or master teacher because they used the oak tree as their sacred symbol they were referred to as men of the oak. Some ancient oaks grew so wide their hollows were able to provide shelter from the elements and protection from enemies. These hollows were also used as congregating places for secret meetings. Oak tree hollows are considered a doorway to other realms. You might want to sit with your back nestled into the trunk of an oak tree or sit within its hollow if you are ever in need of strength, calming or enlightenment. They can often induce feelings of protection, nurturing and magic. Many cities, states and countries have the oak tree symbol as their mascot. Oak leaves are often used in military insignias and coats of arms. To cut down the great oak belonging to another was viewed as an act of war, conflict, collapse, treachery and chaos. The regal oak tree is seen as a symbol of invincibility, durability endurance, longevity, enlightenment, wisdom, memory, calm and strength. Battleships, bridges and fortifications were crafted from the wood of the oak tree as it's strong, compact and sturdy. King Arthur's legendary round table was reportedly made of oak. Robin Hood lived amongst the oak trees of Sherwood Forest. Jason's ship, the Argo, was said to be crafted from oak trees that were grown amidst a sacred grove. The acorn from an oak tree is a wonderful food staple to us and animals. Acorns can be roasted and eaten as food, ground and used for making bread and even as a substitute for coffee. Woodland animals store acorns for their winter food. Any uneaten acorns can sprout roots and become the next saplings, yet only a small percentage of acorns will become mighty oaks. The oak tree's entire potential is contained within a single acorn. As they are a product of the powerfully symbolic oak tree, they were and can still be worn for good luck. It was believed that to eat acorns would provide strength and enlightenment. A very rare occurrence is for mistletoe to grow upon an oak tree. Mistletoe does not grow on the ground but is borne by birds such as the mistlethrush. Mistletoe is considered a spiritual gift from heaven as birds have always been the symbol for spirit. Should mistletoe be found growing upon the oak tree, this was seen as a very sacred event, a gift from divinity, and being a gift from the divine, it was only removed from the oak tree through a very solemn and meticulous ceremony. It was considered sacrilegious to hack or cut it carelessly from the oak. During a sacred ceremony, 
a druid dressed in all white would slice the mistletoe from the oak with the use of a golden sickle. They would catch the mistletoe within a white sheet and it was never allowed to make contact with the ground. As well as considered a gift from the divine, it was also considered an antidote for all poisons. We first learn about the oak as sacred to the druids in a passage from the writings of Pliny, our old mate, who lived in Gaul during the first century CE. He wrote of the druids performing their rituals in oak groves and their process of gathering mistletoe. Strabo, another one of our old mates, describes three Galatian tribes, Celts who lived in Asia Minor, as holding their councils at a place called Drunematum, the Oak Grove Sanctuary. The second century Maximus of Tyr describes the Celts as worshipping Zeus, however he was probably referring to the Celtic god of thunder, Tyrannus, as a tall oak tree. Elsewhere, we learn that the Druids of Gaul ate acorns as a way of divining the future. Another Roman writer referred to them as dryads, whom he defined as those who delight in the oaks. We can never know for sure whether the Druids of the British Isles and Ireland worshipped and carried out ritual in oak groves, however, we know that the Celts worshipped in groves or Nemeton. And the evidence from islands in particular makes it likely that these were oaks. Ireland was covered with oak trees whose presence still echoes down the centuries in place names such as Derry, Derrybourne, Derry Kean, and so on. Many early Christian churches were situated in oak groves, likely because they were once pagan places of worship. Kildare, where St Bridget founded her abbey, derives from Kildara, the church of the oak. Legend says she loved and blessed a great oak and held it so sacred that no one dare harm a leaf of it. Under its shade, she built her church. This ties in neatly with pre-Christian tradition, as the pagan goddess Bridget was daughter to the sun god to whom the oak was sacred. Saint Columcille, also known as Columba, who many believe to have been a druid before he embraced the new faith, likewise founded churches in an oak grove at Derry, formerly known as Derra, the monastery at Doro, formerly known as Dermag, the plain of the oaks, and a monastery at Kells, where he lived under an oak tree. According to the Irish Life of St. Columcille, a man took some of the bark of his tree to tan his shoes and contracted leprosy as a consequence. When he was founding the church at Derry, St. Columcille burned down the town and the king's fort in order to eradicate the works or worldly men and sanctify the site for his church. But the fire blazed out of control and he had to pronounce an invocation to save the grove of trees. He loved these trees so much that he built his oratory facing north-south instead of by the usual Christian orientation of east-west, so none would be disturbed. He ordered his successors not to touch any tree that might fall, but to let it lie for nine days, the sacred Celtic number, before cutting it up and distributing the wood among the poor. When later in life he lived at the abbey he founded on the Isle of Iona in Scotland, he declared that although he feared death and hell, the sound of an axe in Derry frightened him more. Other places that show a faint trace of being pre-Christian oak groves are an oak grove near Loch Science in the Isle of Skye that was once held so sacred that no person would dare cut the smallest twig from the trees. Also in Scotland is the sacred oak on the island in Loch Marie. The local story goes that it was once Eileen Amorig, the island of the great king, who was in fact a pagan god. 
And in England, the remains of ancient oaks were discovered near the Romano British Temple at Lydney, dedicated to the god Nodons. Another godlike personage bearing the insignia of the oak is described in the Feast of Bricury, where three famous warriors, including Cucullan, take turns in guarding the Dun of Curoi while he is away. Two of them fail, then during Cucullan's watch, a gigantic warrior attacks the settlement who hurls great branches of oak at Cucullan. After a tremendous battle, Cucullan defeats him. Later, it becomes apparent that the assailant was Curoi himself, whose other name is Macdare, son of Oak Tree. In the course of the story, he also challenges Cucullan to behead him and to be beheaded himself in return. It is said that this tale is a forerunner of the medieval poem Sir Gawain and the Green Knight and the symbolic beheading of the Oak King links these tales with the well-known ritual sacrifice of the Old King in the Oak Grove of the Nemi, which forms the argument of Fraser's The Golden Bough. This all got a bit confusing. If you aren't familiar with Sir Gawain, I frankly wasn't. The Green Knight is an amazing film, like one of my favourites, so definitely watch that ultimate Yule vibes as well. The sacrifice at Nemi took place at summer solstice, which brings us to the battle between the Oak King, personifying the waxing year, and the Holly King who ruled the waning year. At midsummer, as the year began its turn towards the dark again, the Holly was victorious. But at midwinter, the Oak King defeated the forces of darkness once again, revealing himself as a vegetation god who must die each year so that life can be renewed. It is not surprising then that images of the green man carved in wood and stone in medieval churches most frequently show oak leaves growing out of his ears and mouth. The oak's connection with sacrifice is again echoed in the Welsh story, Math, son of Methonwy, The hero Lu is betrayed and killed, but after his death, he turns into an eagle and perches atop a magical oak tree on a plain, the place where most sacred trees were situated, where he suffered nine score hardships. Lu's fate reminds us of the famous sacrifice by Odin of himself to himself on the great ash tree Yggdrasil. With this new facet of the oak's symbolism revealed, it is clear that the oak's reputation as a tree of strength, abundance and endurance depends on its yearly death and rebirth. Unless we align ourselves with the great cycle of life and death, there can be no true renewal in springtime. Country people frequented the oak for its curative powers, which in some places was considered so great that healing could occur simply by walking around the tree and wishing the ailment to be carried off by the first bird alighting on its branches. In Cornwall, a nail driven into an oak cured toothache, while in Wales, Rubbing the oak with the palm of your left hand on Midsummer's Day kept you healthy all year round. It gave a special virtue to other plants that grew upon its trunk or branches, such as the mistletoe and polypody fern. The oak is especially the tree of thunder gods in other northern cultures, and this tradition holds true in Britain also. In Anglo-Saxon times, Thor was known as Fonor and groves of oak trees were dedicated to him in the south and east of England. The village of Fundersley in Essex originally being one. The Norse believed that the gods lived inside of the trees and during the Christian Crusades, the trees were chopped down because of this belief. Like the ash, it is said to court the lightning flash Lightning is popularly supposed to strike the oak more than any other tree. 
Such trees often survived the blow and flourished remarkably well, henceforth being known as lightning oaks. People often took pieces of these trees to put on their houses for good luck. In shamanistic cultures, a person who survived being struck by lightning often became a shaman, for the lightning bolt is seen worldwide as the sudden spiritual illumination that rends the darkness with a terrifying and irrevocable transforming force. Ancient kings would often wear crowns of oak leaves as a symbol of the god they represented as kings on earth. Successful Roman commanders were presented with, presented even, with crowns of oak leaves during their victory parades. Oak leaves have continued as decorative icons of military prowess to the present day. Large oaks became holy oaks once Christianity became dominant, with rise in place names such as Holy Oaks in Leicestershire and Cressage in Shropshire, which was originally Christeach or Christ's Oak. Many English towns have areas called Gospel Oak, which harks back to when an oak marked a parish boundary. Oak trees have always been regarded as great protectors and guardians of the virtuous. When King Charles II was fleeing from Roundheads after the battle at Worcester, he took refuge in the branches of a great oak. And after his restoration on May 29th, 1660, this day also his birthday, was henceforth celebrated as Royal Oak Day. When loyal subjects wore oak apples, twigs and leaves in their buttonholes and caps, I read this so quickly, I thought it said buttholes. <laughs> oh my goodness, I've just envisaging them wearing twigs and leaves in their buttholes. Sorry, when they wore oak apples, twigs and leaves in their buttonholes and caps and decorated their horses with garlands of oak. Some people would pay good money to see that, I'm not going to lie. So immature, honestly. The immense popularity of this day points very clearly to a pagan origin of this custom, probably connected with the rites of May Day that in many places had been prohibited in the Puritan years because of its sexual associations. An oak was often the guardian tree of a family, as in the case of the famous Oak of Errol in Scotland which was bound up with the good fortune of the Hay family. A 19th century descendant of the family described how it was believed that a sprig of the mistletoe cut by a hay on All Hallowmas Eve with a new dirk and after surrounding the tree three times sunwise and pronouncing a certain spell was a sure charm against the glamour or witchery and an infallible guard in the day of battle. A spray gathered in the same manner was placed in the cradle of infants and fought to defend them from being changed for elf bands by the fairies. When the root of the oak decayed, then the Hay family would likewise perish, as the old prophecy attributed to Thomas the Rhymer states. When the mistletoe bats on Errol's oak, and that oak stands best, the hays shall flourish and their good grey hawk shall not flinch before the blast. But when the root of the oak decays and the mistletoe dwines on its withered breast, the grass shall grow on Errol's half-stone and the corby roop croak in the falcon's nest make it make sense. No, I do like that. <laughs> in another tale, the vixen and the oakman, the oak tree spirits, hide a pursued vixen from hunters and hounds, for they guard all forest beasts. When the pursuers are gone, the oakman invite the vixen to wipe your sore paws in our oak tree rain pool, which makes her pads heal and her torn fur grow again. 
A famous mistletoe-bearing oak in Derbyshire had the reputation of being semi-human as late as the 19th century. If its branches were severed, it screamed and bled and was said to speak with the voice of prophetic doom. So this is so random. Someone called Aubrey, I don't know who this is, but it just came up in the notes that I read. Aubrey also tells of an oak whose mistletoe was cut and sold to some London apothecaries, all of whom met with horrible misfortunes thereafter. One fell lamb shortly thereafter, soon after each of the others lost an eye, and he that felled the tree, though warned of these misfortunes of the other men, would, notwithstanding, adventure to do it, and shortly afterwards broke his legs, as if the hamadryads had resolved to take an ample revenge for the injury done to their venerable and sacred oak. The avenging power of the oak was famous, particularly in Somerset, where until recently the oak was regarded with much respect as a tree of formidable power. It was well known that oaks resented being cut down, so people studiously avoided going near a coppice which sprang from the stumps of the felled trees. Ruth Tongue writes that in 1945, her chauffeur refused to drive past a grove that had been felled in the Second World War. A local story also told of the Calming family that came to grief because of disregarding the power of oak. Karma and his oldest son were greedy and cut down oaks in a nearby coppice, although they already had plenty of wood of their own. So this is a continuation on the oak from the book Under the Witching Tree by Corinne Boyer. In Greek mythology, the oak was the tree of Zeus and his emblem. Greek legend tells of a sacred oak located in Dodona, Greece, that was a magical oracle. White doves lived here and from the oak's roots poured cold rushing water. Zeus was said to live in the tree and the leaves rustling were actually his voice and oracular powers. The oak was also known as the first mother to humans in Greece as she provided them with her acorns. Hecate and the three fates or the white robed incarnations of destiny were said to have been crowned with oak leaves. Oak chaplets, they are a form of Christian prayer bead, similar but distinctly different to the form of the rosary used in Christian prayers, were given for Eleusinian mysteries, initiations that were held every year for the cult of Demeter and Persephone. The Eleusinian mysteries were considered the most famous out of the secret religious rites of ancient Greece. Early writings of the Druids outline how supposedly human sacrifice victims would be crowned with oak leaves. The sacrificial fires they used were also said to be kindled with oak wood. But if you listen to the Druid episode again, this is this could all just be speculation that this happened. It's believed that many monasteries are near and even. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. 
even on former sacred oak groves. So this is a little quote piece of writing by our good friend Shakespeare. There is an old tale that goes that Herne the Hunter, sometime a keeper in Windsor Forest, doth all the winter time at still midnight walk around about an oak with great ragged horns. There want not many that do fear in deep of night to walk by this Herne's oak. Herne the Hunter, often associated with Odin, god of the wild hunt, and Kenanus, was a spirit from Windsor Forest, England, who was often associated with the oak tree. So I've already touched on oak being considered a tree most likely to be struck by lightning, but an old belief throughout Europe was that this was due to the iron in it. They believed it had iron in it that drew it in. It was also believed to draw in thunder due to oak's strength. It was often used as a building material due to its strength. Acorns and pieces of oak that were struck by lightning were often used to create amulets to protect one from being struck by lightning. Twigs of oak, oak apples and acorns would be placed in a jar upon the mantle of cottages in England to ward against lightning. Boughs of oak leaves would be gathered to protect homes from storms also, and it was common to bring an amulet made of oak whilst at sea to ensure the ship wouldn't be struck by storms. Historically, it was common for weddings to take place under old oak trees, a practice that continued even when the church banned it. Following the wedding, it was common in certain places to dance around the oak tree thrice. Oak boughs were used at Roman weddings and represented fertility. Throughout the olden lands, oak trees were used as a boundary tree. Many of these trees had their own personal stories throughout mythology. It was said that upon the old Christmas day of January 6th, they would become green again. In more recent times, the Yule log has been made from the wood of the ash tree. However, throughout Germany, Czech Republic, Serbia and Italy, many would have originally used oak wood. In ancient times, it was considered bad luck or even a sin to chop down the oak tree. To chop one down in Ireland would be breaking the law and the fine was one cow. In the Balkans, even in the present day, many believe that spirits appear after midnight near the oak tree, taking the form of either a dog, bull, goat or large rabbit. Whichever form they appear, they were said to be protective of the oak they inhabited. Elves and fairies have long been believed to live in oak branches, specifically within the leaves. Ancient oak woodlands were long thought to be haunted by elves and fairies, even more so should they also have bluebells within them. Children were warned to not frequent the bluebell woods, lest they be taken by the fairies, never to be returned again. In Yorkshire, if you were to find an oak tree with a large hole in it, I can't do the accent, like I'm up north, but I just, I'm not even up north, I'm in the Midlands, but... You know, I still stand by, I need a passport, anything past Peckham. In Yorkshire, if you were to find an oak tree with a large hole in it, don't bother trying, Carly, it was said to confirm the tree was haunted. Like facts that no one wanted to know. Since we've moved up here, my daughter is at college and she started saying class and glass instead of class and glass because obviously a lot of her friends are from here and got the accent and it's just really interesting to see like it didn't take long at all anyway if I start talking in an accent then you'll have to let me know in Germany a hole in an oak tree was a doorway for the elves to come and go an old superstition was of the oak tree screaming when it was chopped down and to hear it cast death upon the one who heard it in Hedden Oak near Crokham Village, England, there are said to be spirits of those who are hung for their crimes. After dark, it's advised not to walk close to the old oak trees. In case you hear the branches creak with the weight of the ghosts still swinging from them. 
The warrioress Joan of Arc was put to death at the age of 19 for supposedly being a witch. One of her charges related to her supposedly frequenting a fairy oak, hanging garlands on it and dancing around it. They believed she took in spiritual powers from the tree. Acorns have much of their own law. A good crop of acorns was said to signify a hard winter to come. They were often placed in the hands of the dead in certain parts of Europe. Associated with the Fae, they were believed to have been used by leprechauns as their pipes to smoke from. Acorn cups were also believed to offer shelter to fairies. It was often believed that oak and walnut couldn't grow near one another for one would surely perish. So oak apples, I think we've referenced these. These are small round growths that you see on the side of the oak tree. So these galls have within them insect laid eggs and here they develop. In the medieval period, they would use these to make ink and dye. Now these oak apples were also known to be used in a very macabre divination practice. The message dependent on the insect found within it. A fly symbolized a quarrel would take place. A spider symbolized illness and a worm symbolized poverty. Oak leaves would historically be worn to ward off witchcraft and evil powers. Even better if the oak leaves were from an oak tree placed on a crossroads. These were known as cross oaks. So decoctions, elixirs and teas made from oak bark have been used to combat dysentery, headaches, diarrhea. Salves made from oak bark have been used to treat hemorrhoids, inflamed gums, wounds and eczema. A decoction of oak bark and acorns was often made up as an antidote for poisoning. Here's how you could work with oak in your spell work. It is said that when the oak calls to you, it is time for you to recognise the courage and bravery within you. Whatever it is you have been struggling to accomplish can be crushed with your determination and confidence. You could use an acorn or two as a charm for good luck or wealth. You can charge them in moonlight to charge their energy. Acorns hung in the window of a home are said to bring luck and prosperity. But old law also states that acorns placed by a window would protect the home from lightning. Oak promotes strength, courage and endurance in all magical workings. You could sprinkle it in the corners of your home and across thresholds for protection and grounding. You could use it as an incense in meditations and divination to seek out and find hidden truths. It is linked to Midsummer and Yule, so you may want to use it coming up to Yule this year. It is linked to the animals, the stag, the squirrel, the robin, the eagle, the crow, the rabbit and the raccoon. And it is linked to the crystals, jasper, dravite and quartz. Birch, other names it has gone by. Beth, Bereza, Burke, Lady of the Woods, Birth, Canoe Tree, Paper Tree, silver birch and white birch linked to the element of water it has a feminine energy linked to the zodiac signs taurus and libra linked to the tarot card the empress and deities venus for brigid diana keridwen its themes are new starts new beginnings establishing boundaries inception birth rebirth, fertility, new ideas, a journey, an initiation, driving out evil, cleansing, connection to the young, change, leaving behind old ways, patterns, things or people whose influence is detrimental to you, loss of familiar things, losing fear of the unknown, 
welcoming changes, good fortune and happiness, energy, vitality, protection and exorcism. The birch is the first of the trees in the Ogham and represents the number one and the beginning of your own personal journey through the trees. The birch is the first tree to colonise, dropping its leaves and twigs to enrich the soil for other trees to follow. It is a tree of great life and giving properties. It represents new beginnings, new opportunities, a journey, physical or spiritual. It is a time to prepare yourself for changes. To begin any new situation, it helps to consciously put yourself into a new frame of mind. You may need to spiritually prepare yourself, leaving behind old hopes or ways of thinking. The birch has often been used historically in cleansing and driving away evil. Working with the birch can help you to consciously rid yourself of any unhelpful influences in your life, which hold you back from moving forwards. Akin to how the birch sheds its bark, shed the old unhelpful aspects of your life to make way for the new to come in. When the birch calls to you, it's asking you to cleanse and renew a current situation in your life. You have the power to heal and recreate anything you desire. It's the perfect time now for reinvention. One of the lessons from the birch energy is to trust that all will be well and don't fear the unknown. Nourish yourself and those around you whilst you prepare for these changes. The birch is sometimes referred to as the goddess tree. The goddess Venus is said to rule over the birch, hence its association with love and fertility. It's also known as the lady of the woods a symbol of beauty and creativity within the forest. Its silvery bark represents the moonlight, which it reflects at night, giving it a magical look. The birch is said to be a symbol of summer ever returning. It is said that the birch is the mother of the oak tree because in prehistoric times, it was the birch that prepared the earth floor for the majestic oak to be born. It is a strong tree that can withstand most temperatures, yet it sheds its unwanted bark like a snake shedding its skin. The birch can grow up to 100 feet high and it was seen as a ladder the shamans could climb to reach the gods. An ancient custom was to drive out the spirits of the old year with switches of the birch tree in a purification ritual. Even today, birch switches are used in some Swedish saunas to purify the skin. Sometimes it was used for the maypole and the twigs used to start the Beltane fire. Beltane was the one day that adults were released from their marriage vows to go to the birches. Traditionally, couples used to jump over birch twig brush in marriage ceremonies to symbolise their new beginning together in life. Birch was also often used to make babies' cradles to ward off malignant spirits. It's believed to be the first tree the Druids planted on virgin land to create a wood or forest. It's heralded as the tree that was the birth of the forest. Birch is the first tree to grow back following a forest being burnt or logging. Birch is derived from the meaning bright or shining in Indo-European and Sanskrit terminology. Quite possibly it came from the Anglo-Saxon term biorgan, meaning to protect or shelter. One of the roots of its name are also from the goddess Brigid. The time of the birch tree is 24th December to 20th January, the first of the 13 tree months in the Celtic calendar. A time of the birch moon, it comes just after Yule. 
This time is seen as the rebirth of the sun, which is why the birch is perfect due to its new beginnings and rebirth associations. The birch tree is considered one of the first three pillars of wisdom, oak, yew and birch, and can represent the first level of druidic working, so for the bard. Some see the birch as associated with the unicorn, as the unicorn is said to, like the birch, hold pure energy, pure love and high vibration. It's also a tree of the fae, Gilly Doo, a Scottish guardian tree spirit or fae who are disguised as foliage, said to dislike humans and live in birch thickets. Law states that they prefer the birch tree over all others and jealously guard them from humans. Law states that if the spirit of the birch tree touches a head, it leaves a white mark and the person turns insane. If it touches a heart, the person will die. Birch trees often have other kin spirits attached to them and the leshy or genie of the forest are said to dwell in their treetops. Krampus, the half-goat, half-horned demon that appears at children's homes in the dead of night on December 5th has his roots entwined with the birch as well. Krampus is known to carry birch sticks or rooten to swat the naughty little children with and carries with him a birch woven basket on his back. Using this basket to transport the children back for his consumption or to take them to hell. Birches have been used in rituals by way of striking or tapping a person thought to be possessed or in healing treatments to bring forth purification and rejuvenation. The birch tree was of major importance to the Native Americans, for the bark was used as a waterproof covering for their homes and for the making of canoes, maps, artwork and the like. The Ojibwe Chippewa tribes here telling a magical folktale of birch bark being offered as a spiritual gift from the trickster deity Wanabozo. The bark being used ceremonially to wrap the bodies of the dead in preparation for their burial. The birch is linked to the white stag, thought to be a creature of the other world, representing change or a quest. Also the igret and its links to peace. The birch is a fine example that there is light and dark in many things and that what can hex can also heal. The leaves, syrup and bark can be made into many forms of healing products, from tea to beer to oil for aches and pains to name but a few of this healing tree's properties. The resinous substance secreted by young shoots and leaves have acidic properties and when combined with alkalis create a tonic laxative. Birch is perfect to use to make a goddess wand since birch is the tree known as the lady of the woods. A grove of birch trees is an excellent place to communicate with the goddess. Ask the tree if it will allow you to take a branch. Be sure to leave the tree an offering of thanks when you are done. Birch trees are said to especially appreciate offerings, specifically pretty stones and seashells, which could link to its association with the water element, but also flowers or herbs. Please note, never take bark off a living birch tree since this can kill it. So the information I'm going to go into now is from an amazing book that I'm currently reading called From Under the Witching Tree by Corinne Boyer. The birch is the national tree of Russia, representative of rebirth. In northern Russia, birch tree branches have long been brought to church on Trinity Sunday to be blessed to be taken back to the family home and placed by the family icon. 
They would also incorporate birch into summer celebrations, where in some villages, the younger girls would choose a birch tree in the forest, adorn it with ribbons and sing songs to it. They would then dance around the tree three times and ask from their mothers to bring good luck. They would leave offerings of omelettes or pastries to the tree, which would be left underneath the tree for the birch tree and nature spirits. Baba Yaga's house on chicken legs is said to be situated within a birch forest. The fence surrounding her home is said to be made of enchanted human skulls that are placed atop posts made of birch. Her broom is said to be made of birch that she uses to sweep away her tracks as she travels in her giant mortar and pestle. There is a German tale that tells of a young shepherdess who was spinning in a birch forest. She was approached by a wild woman dressed in all white with a garland of flowers in her hair. She persuades the young maiden to dance with her on three days in a row, each time so enchanted and enraptured that the girl's spinning was quite forgotten. At the end of the day, however, the spinning was magically completed and on the last day, the wild woman gave the girl birch leaves to fill her little birch basket. Upon returning home, the leaves turned to gold. In British folklore, it was believed there were birch trees growing at the gates of paradise. In the ballad of the wife of Usher's well, it was the birch tree that gave the free ghosts returning home their hats made from the papery white bark, a sure sign that they were of the other world. In old Scottish ballads, birch was associated with wraiths of the dead. Should a birch wither and die close to a home, it was an omen of death for one of the members of the family in that home. A Somerset legend is of the birch tree as a tree of death, the one with the white hand, who would haunt the scrub of birch and oak. She would rise up out of the mist on the moors to follow a lonely traveller, appearing to them deathly pale with clothing that was said to rustle like dead leaves and with a hand that looked like a branch that had been struck with lightning. If she were to point her finger at a person's head, they were said to run away mad. If she placed her hand upon your heart, it would cease to beat. The best way to keep her away, according to legend, was to keep salt with you. Old Irish belief was that the fairies disliked the birch tree. Throughout many northern realms, birch was used as a protective tree. Throughout Western England, birch would be used to make crosses that would be hung over doors of cottages to repel enchantments. If paired with rowan, they would hold even more power, especially on auspicious days. Planted outside, the birch was believed to ward against witches. The witch would be compelled to count the leaves upon the birch before she would attempt to enter your home. It was believed, however, that the birch shouldn't in any way hang over your home or touch it anyhow, as this could bring bad luck to those inside. Growths on the birch tree were often referred to as witches' knobs and were often used for carving, turning and furniture making. In the Balkans, it was apparently common for young female witches to invoke fairies with the use of a birch broom in order to ask the fae to provide them with protection. A folk ritual to evoke the leshy was carried out in Russia using birch. Russian peasants, the author's words, not mine, would cut down very young birch trees, arranging them in a circle with all the points aimed towards the circle's centre. The circle would be entered by them, calling the leshy spirit to them. The leshy was said to make his appearance. 
They would then place him on one of the birch tree stumps that faced towards the east. They would kiss his hand and then look between his legs as they recited the following. Uncle Leshy, show yourself to us, not as a grey wolf, not as a fierce fire, but as I myself appear. The birch leaves are said to then tremble and the spirit would show himself in a human form that would help the peasants in whatever way they so wished. On the proviso, they promised him their soul in return. This certainly has links to the summoning of the devil within other traditions, especially with the fire and wolf reference. To the Siberian shaman, the birch was a spirit world tree. One legend is of the original shaman's cradle being crafted from birch wood and housed under a birch tree. The birch sap was said to have dropped into the shaman's mouth, his first meal. Siberian shaman drums were sometimes made from birch wood that had been struck by lightning. They also used masks for dancing and guising that were created from birch. You may wish to have a go at making a birch healing poppet from this book. A rustic poppet to be used for someone in pain or sick. Harvest some birchwood branches on the morning of a full moon. Make sure you provide appropriate offerings to the birch tree in exchange as you state your intentions to the tree. When you get home, craft the sticks into a stick doll with arms, legs and a head. You can tie it all together using green thread with a length of white silk spread with some birch leaves and a bed of raw black sheep's wool, clean but unprocessed. Lay the poppet upon this bed, using a switch of clothing from the one who is ill, ideally clothing that has been worn for a long time and is threadbare. Wrap the doll with the cloth and tie it on with green thread. Take the poppet wrapped in its bundle to a nearby running stream. Open the bundle and anoint it with the water in the places grieved or in three places generally. Speak over the poppet nine times. Heal the blood, heal the bone, wood of white, strength of stone. Pain away with water's balm, flesh be mended, heart be calm. Carry this out every morning for a period of three mornings in a row or nine if the person is greatly ill. Keep the bundle open and near a warm and dry place at all other times. After the third or ninth morning, wrap the bundle up and tie closed with a white cloth. Keep the bundle safe until the person is well again. Then unbundle and remove the person's piece of cloth to return it to them. The remaining doll is to be taken to the stream and released in the waters. The cloth, wool and leaves disposed of by burial, not to be used for any other purpose. The charm is thus complete. To aid with dropsy, gout and rheumatism, you can make an infusion, so a birch tea, this tea is also valuable in dissolving kidney stones over a long period of time. Of course, before you start working with birch medicinally, it is worth looking into it further. To make a birch tea, steep two teaspoons of birch leaf per cup for 20 minutes. The dosage is one to one and a half cups over a day. Birch twigs and leaves can be simmered and added to bath water for itchy skin and falling hair. Taken before bedtime, this tea is a sedative. Birch has been used in medicine for gout, rheumatism, arthritis and skin complaints. In spell work, the birch is ideal to use when making your own besom as it is ideal for purification, but also represents and helps you connect with the goddess. 
Folklore tells that a birch broom should be used to brush out the old year on the morning after the winter solstice. Work with birch for spells of purification, protection and exorcism. For smoke cleansing in your home, use in ritual baths for cleansing and protection. Put in a sachet above your door for protection. Carry on your person for protection against the evil eye. You could wear it as an amulet for protection, balance and new beginnings. The month of birch, January with the birch moon, is a good time to do magic associated with new beginnings. Magical work done in this moon adds strength and momentum to any new choices made. The birch has applications in magic done for protection, creativity, exorcism, fertility, birth, healing, forest magic, inner authority, self-discipline, lunar workings, love and purification. Birch rods have been used in protection spells and carried to protect from malicious magics such as hexing. For magical parchment, gather fallen birch bark from a tree, ideally if it's been struck by lightning even more magical, and the birch paper will keep your writing safe. That is all I have for you today, witches. If you would like to access grimoire sheets for the ash and the oak, you can find them over on my Patreon, the Witches Institute. It's just £6 to sign up for tons of extra witchy content, Patreon podcast episodes, meditations, folklore retellings, hedge witch studies, a witchy community, a witchy book club, our monthly witchy Zoom gathering is all over there. You can cancel at any time at the click of a button. I'll link everything in the show notes. If you love this episode, if you love my podcast, please would you leave me a review? Five-star reviews are always welcomed. It basically means that other witches will find the show. But yes, if you've ever enjoyed listening to the show and you could spare less than a minute, I'd be so grateful. It means a lot. Thank you for listening, witches. I will catch up with you all very soon. I've got something exciting happening for the next episode. I'm very excited about sending you lots and lots of witchy love. Mm-hmm.